Flyover land, Minnesota, votes in a new abortion bill that in sheer Luciferian brutality surpasses that of China and North Korea. Ding dong, New Zealand's young globalist witch is stepping down. Klaus Schwab gets chased around Davos by an independent journalist and as Vanity Fair mocks Our Lady of Sorrows, Charlie Kirk brings in an exorcist to stand against the demons. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground. We are getting a reminder from our producer to plug product. Okay, we'll do that right now, apparently. As you know, we very rarely fundraise down here. I get tired of fundraising, don't you guys? And so I assume our audience, I hope our audience appreciates it. What we try to do is we try to, we have a product that we really believe in, this newspaper, um, books like this book from my great-grandfather, which is available. We believe in these products. We try to we try to move them. We try to offer them at a reasonable rate. So, and, and from that comes the, the financing that we need to keep this whole organization going. Appreciate all that, that you do. If you haven't subscribed to The Remnant, I know many of you have, but if you haven't, um, it's a great, I mean, it's, it is a, a, I think it's a really good thing. Given what's happening now with big tech and surveillance and all these things, having a newsprint newspaper, you don't have to charge this thing up. You know, it's just always what it is. Privacy. You sit by the fire when you read your newsprint and it's kind of nice. People really like the sort of retrospective, uh, aspect of that newspaper, this newspaper. And we cover all sorts of topics, stuff on, on, on Christianity, on Catholicism, on the mass, on lives of Catholic heroes, heroes of the past. We've got a great interview right now where we're interviewing the Somali woman who ran against Ilhan Omar from the squad in Congress, uh, that horrible person, in my opinion, nearly beat her. And the reason she ran was because she grew up in Somalia. She lived through the civil wars in Somalia. She lost family and friends to the sort of things that are happening now in the United States. I really, really, maybe Walter will put a little bit of that of that on the screen so you can see this is a really outside the box remove the blindfold type interview seeing from a muslim's perspective why they almost feel like it's time to leave and go back somewhere else because of what the Biden administration is doing, the whole Great Reset thing that we're talking about, what's happening to our country, especially what's happening here in Minneapolis. So please consider clicking the link below, subscribe to that newspaper, and help us keep everything going here. Also, quick word of thanks once again. We are going neck and neck now between the YouTube audience and remnant-tv.com. So little remnant-tv.com platform has caught up to YouTube Thanks entirely to you. Thank you so much for helping us get that thing off the ground and get ready for what promises to be a pretty weird, a pretty wild stint here, especially starting out now in 2023. A little bit of good news, I guess. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. Another one of Klaus Schwab's young globalist leaders is packing it in. I'm not leaving because I believe we can't win the election, but because I believe we can and will. And we need a fresh set of shoulders for that challenge. I know what you're going to say. Like, <laughs> well, who's next? We've already got some indication of who might be next for our poor friends in New Zealand. I've got many friends in New Zealand. We've walked pilgrimages together uh, and I had the pleasure of meeting them over the years. And it's been a really rough couple of years down in New Zealand. Who's next? Doesn't look good. But hey, the thing, the objective right now, get rid of every single one of those young, globalist leaders who made life on earth hell for the past couple of years. That's the first thing. Got to get rid of them. So this is a good thing that's happening with this woman leaving. You know, after having orchestrated some of the most draconian COVID 
lockdowns in the world, this horrific creature, at the same time, just diving right into, you know, protecting the right to kill babies in New Zealand. And abortion is a health issue. It is not a criminal justice issue, which mm. is why we decriminalized and made sure that that is the way we treated in New Zealand. And our approach is also grounded in the right of a woman to choose. Ah, uh, yes, the sacred right to choose. And to choose what? To choose human sacrifice. Let's just call it what it is, because that's precisely what it is. Mustn't tamper with that. <laughs> now, this is happening, by the way, right here, incredibly, right now, right here in flyover land, Minnesota. Same thing happened. The Democrats took charge. They just voted for the most barbaric abortion laws in the world, rivaling only those of China and North Korea. We need the PRO Act so that Minnesotans and all patients know that they are welcome here. Republicans tried to amend the bill to prohibit abortions in the third trimester and require certain abortions be performed in a hospital. Neither of those changes were approved. Crime here in Minneapolis is through the roof. Car carjackings are just the new normal. There's one, one yesterday that my wife told me about. Somebody pulled over during a blizzard. We had a blizzard here. Some nice guy pulls over to help some lady who went off the road with her little kids in the back of the car. While he's trying to help the woman in the blizzard alongside the road, some young guys come up and carjack him, steal his car, and off they go. How, how, how have we gotten to this point? What, what happened? You really have to ask yourself, what happened? We're going to talk a lot about Davos tonight. But don't forget, Davos is symptomatic, right? There is such a fundamental moral and spiritual disease in the world right now that if we don't confront it, it doesn't matter. We can make Davos disappear tomorrow. And we still have to deal with this disease. So again, back, back to Minneapolis. Shootings. Common, every day. And then report somebody else gets shot every day. The whole world saw the riots in Minneapolis that nearly burned the city to the ground. Y'all saw that, right? And yet this week, this is what I'm asking you to think about. In the middle of all that, this week, our Democrat politicians are positively fixated on exterminating babies in the womb. Friends, I live here. The city is literally blowing up. How do you describe people sitting around tables in the, in the halls of Congress down here in Minnesota and St. Paul, Minneapolis, just figuring out how they can, they can kill babies while this is happening out in the streets, what kind of a name, what kind of a description, how do you think, how do you come up with this being anything else but the work of Lucifer, of Satan, of demonic obsession with killing babies? What is the matter with these people? Now, do they think that the streets of Minneapolis are going to be safer? After all, the young people began to realize that even the authorities, all the way up to the governor, wants to kill the most vulnerable people in the city, little babies. Why are they going to stop killing each other when their mothers and sisters are killing babies? And the governor is out there campaigning for more of it. Walls was joined by the lieutenant governor, both Minnesota senators, and the president of Planned Parenthood's North Central States Division just hours ago.
Not on our watch in Minnesota. <laughs> so what's a drive-by shooting or a murder or two compared to dismembering a baby, pulling his legs off, pulling his arms off, and then crushing his little skull just moments before delivery? I speak to the ladies who feel that this somehow is this creature from New Zealand talking about how women have been downtrodden and how they have the right to choose. And I'd ask, ask ladies like that, what, what, what do you think? Look what they've done to you. This is a little baby we're talking about. <laughs> Imagine seeing this little baby on the desk in front of you, on the table in front of you right now. He's in his, he's in his little diaper. He's in his little onesie. He was just born. He's got these eyes that are starting to open up. You know, pretty soon maybe he's going to smile at you for the first time. It's the same, this is the same child they're talking about. And then right, 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 right before he learns to smile and learns to, learns to look around and enjoy, you, you rip his legs off. You grab him by the shoulder and you tear his arm off. Imagine yourself doing that. And then you crush his head with your hands. You suck his brains out. His little onesie now covered with blood. Why don't we talk about this barbaric, demonic procedure as it actually is? You, you feminists, you liberated women, you've become monsters. Men have made you monsters now. Just think of the ramifications of making all the ladies, all the neighbor ladies, all your, your, your aunts and your sisters, your mothers in the neighborhood, making all the ladies into infanticidal murderers. You wonder why we've gone insane as a society when that's what we're working on right now. We just shut down the whole world. People dying, dropping like flies all over the place. And Governor Tim Walls and his crew in Minnesota fly over land, Minnesota, want to make infanticidal murderers out of every woman in my state. Killers of their own little children, little babies. And this, <laughs> this they call liberation. Liberated women. First, they ripped you out of your homes. Then they pumped you full of contraceptives and tried to turn you into whores. Then they told you to murder the little babies, your own little babies. And now you don't even exist. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. And in this war against women, Sanity, obviously, was the first casualty. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender-neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. What is she talking about? <laughs> two plus two is finally equal five. Because they say it is. So this kind of diabolic madness is going on from flyoverland Minnesota to New Zealand and beyond. <laughs> and this week, 
Nobody's talking about anything like that. They don't care about that over at the World Economic Forum, where the global elites now, huge financers, by the way, of abortion, a slaughter of babies, a slaughter of innocents throughout the whole world. But now these people who have wrecked the world, they're going to save the planet. <laughs> and we need to get behind them because we want this to go on and on indefinitely. We need the planet to be saved so that we can kill even more babies. We can kill even more souls. We can rape even more children indefinitely for years to come. Whole countries we can kill if we're allowed to continue on this planet. pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. Ah, uh, yes. John the Catholic Carey. He's another altar boy. Grew up in the Church of Vatican II. <laughs> Don't you know? And now thinks he's an extraterrestrial who's going to save the planet. Now, John Kerry is insane. You know that, right? He might just be senile, but he is insane. But we don't recognize insanity anymore, do we? We can't recognize it. <laughs> Klaus Schwab, insane. It's a systemic transformation of the world. So we have to define how the world should look like. But um... And because he's insane, he's being chased around Davos this week by independent journalists, by several very, very sane people, including my good friend, Masako Ganaha from Japan. Some of you may remember from when she and I visited George Floyd's neighborhood not too long ago. She's five foot tall, about 90 pounds, but watch, watch the mighty field marshal of Davos positively run for his life to get away from Ganaha-san. Chairman Schwab, uh, I'm from Japan. May I ask from? you for... Uh, I'm from Japan. Yeah. And may I uh, ask you for a comment? No, we're, we're on our, we're no, on our way to you. the next thing. We're a bit late. Uh, oh, I but can thank just you. walk with thank you, you and then ask oh, questions. I think we're going we're gonna to rush, actually. But thank you. Uh, Thanks very much. Uh, but, uh, which which uh, media are you with? Uh, I am an independent journalist from yeah, Japan. Yeah, no, thank you very <laughs> much. Yes. I have and, to ask. Thank but you. Thanks for thank you. Oh, man, friends, when I tell you I'm not giving up, it's because I know people like that. I know them all over the world. <laughs> She's from Tokyo chasing, chasing Klaus Schwab down through the streets of Davos, man. I mean, there are people like that all over the place, independent journalists. In fact, chasing just about all the bad guys all over Davos. Mr. Borlaug, can I ask you? When did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? That's a, that's a, that's a great question, guys. Boy, Rebel News. Rebel News. You know, this, this, this organization is doing so much good. But I like that last question where we just cut that. When are these criminals going to apologize for their crimes? 
perfectly legitimate question as the news now reveals the true horror of this experiment. Now, I asked the same question the other day of Pope Francis over on Twitter. When are you going to apologize, holiness? I mean, Francis led the, the Pfizer charge. He had old Albert Bourla even speaking at Vatican events before he was done, for heaven's sake. He was really on top of Pfizer. He pushed it harder than anybody else in the world. Vatican city-state was one of the first to sign a contract with Pfizer to exclusively use its Pfizer product to its staff, and soon after, mandated the jab in the Vatican. In 2021, of course, Albert Bourla had two undisclosed meetings with Pope Francis. So now that everything's gone bad, gone a little south, when is Pontivax Maximus going to apologize? I know what you're going to say. He's an extremely arrogant man, so this is never going to happen. But you know what? You never know. After two years of us pounding against the Vatican's ridiculous, unchecked endorsement of Davos in the World Economic Forum, the Vatican didn't send any official representatives to Davos this year. Did you see that coming? I didn't. But guess what? I think it's because enough of us were pounding away incessantly on what these guys are up to. And we've got them to some degree. I know it sounds ridiculous because they got all the money and power in the world. But to some degree, they're on the run. You could see that with Klaus Schwab this year, Davos 2023. Kind of a weird little look in his eye, very lackluster. For a while, it was reported he wasn't even going to show up for his own event. But he, as it is, he showed up late, gave his truncated little talk. Because all the big shots, a lot of the big shots weren't even there. Just what was it? Just one out of the G7 leaders, the guy from Germany, the only one that showed up. You see, what this, this goes back to what we keep talking about. Keep fighting. Keep hammering away. Francis, Francis is a, a weak little man in a big, giant white robe. <laughs> Ever notice that? Francis wants to chuck everything, all the traditions, where the Pope lives, what the, what the Pope uses as far as his shoes, his car, his briefcase, everything. But he wears that white, doesn't he? Because all he has is the authority of the papacy. And that white represents that. He's just a bully in a white robe. That's all he's got. But they're all, all these guys are so much more vulnerable than they want us to believe. I always ask, did you ever, did you ever think that in our 2020 video on Davos, in the year 2020, video on, first video we did on Davos, you ever think it was going to pick up 20 million views and counting? I never did. Did you ever imagine that Davos was, was going to be openly mocked now on the most watched cable news show in the country? The WEF is often described as a group of supervillains, but they're also hilariously idiotic. Not just evil, buffoonish. So that means millions and millions and millions of people are very much aware of what these clowns are up to. And even that network feels completely, it's open season on Davos. <laughs> No wonder now, Ron DeSantis just doubled down on Davos once again. They're, they do this thing in Davos. They're doing it next week. All these elites come in, um, you know, the World Economic Forum. And basically, um, you know, their vision is they run everything and everybody else is just like a serf, like a peasant. But underlying a lot of that is the CCP. Again, again, if that's just lip service, bring it on. We need more lip service. What it means is that there was enough of us down in Florida. I happen to think, I'm, you know, we'll see what happens with DeSantis. But what we know for sure, there was enough of us 
down in Florida for DeSantis to realize I'm going after this Davos nonsense because we got a lot of people out here who think Davos is insane, Klaus is insane, they want nothing to do with Agenda 2030. Lip service, fine, we need more of it. And again, the premier up in Canada, just as we showed you last time, chiding Klaus Schwab publicly. There she is again. I, I guess I find it distasteful when billionaires brag about how much control they have over political leaders, as the head of that organization has. And so, quite frankly, until that organization stops bragging about how much control they have over political leaders, I have no interest in, in, in being involved with them. I have absolute confidence that this grumpy old clown, Klaus Schwab, is going down. Because the science... The science is going down right now, right? I'm sure it may regroup. We don't know what's going to happen. But at the moment, the science is even going down. The Frankenstein monster is out of control, running around taking down the townspeople. They're coming after it with pitchforks and, and torches. The science. You see? And that's the way it's just going to continue. Two years ago, this show was featured by The Economist. Very impressive. Huge organization. Very liberal organization. They released a documentary called COVID-19, Why Vaccine Mistrust is Growing. It was a huge video, a huge documentary seen by millions of people. And guess what? They went after us in that video. In February, the World Health Organization warned of twin dangers. A global pandemic, but also an infodemic. A crisis in accurate public health information. These insufferable globalist elitists like Bill Gates... He tells us we need a nationwide shutdown for months. This foundation is leading the charge to lower the world's population. Much of this infodemic is concentrated online. Uh-oh, we better shut down. The Economist is going after us. The World Health Organization said Redmond TV is undermining the science. It's all over. It's so scary. But the thing is, friends, that was two years ago. A lot has changed in two years. And in those two years, we didn't back down. The science did. December 2022, Forbes magazine. CDC Director Walensky tweets, we can't stop the spread of COVID-19. Well, thanks for letting us know, sister. Glad you finally figured that out. You see, they all, they all got this science wrong. Hey, you seen this graphic? Great. Look at this. Give me a couple of those. I don't have it here in front of me. My favorite one is Albert Borla. He said, there's no variant that escapes the protection of our vaccine. <laughs> in comes Delta. In comes Omicron. In comes just about everything else. Oops. Boosters. But he's the expert. Don't question him because he's the expert. There's no variant. Give, give us one more. What's another good one? It says everyone who takes the vaccine is reducing their transmission. Wrong. Wrong. Richard Maddow said, now we know the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops. The virus stops. Also wrong. <laughs> of course Biden, but of course Biden. You know what I mean? Right. He said you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. And Fauci himself said, when people are vaccinated, they're not going to get infected. <laughs> might have said that back when thus, didn't have the thus spake the science. The science and the scientists were talking through their tinfoil hats about mRNA back then. And guess what, friends? Today, they're talking through their tinfoil hats about climate change. Just look at these headlines. 
Vaccine mandate for New York healthcare workers now null and void. The National Football League suspends all COVID protocols, including obviously vaccines. Pentagon drops COVID-19 vaccine mandates for troops. Refusing to comply is working. The science has been discredited. Agenda 2030 at the moment seems to be being postponed. But that's why they're so ticked off at Vladimir Putin right now. He's not launching missiles at Ukraine. That's not why they're angry. He's launching missiles at globalism, at their project, at at, at Biddle Back Better, at the Great Reset. This is why we never bought into the Ukraine narrative, because it was providing cover for the building up and erecting of this Great Reset in 2030, and Putin comes in and blew it to hell. And of course, war is hell. But Putin didn't start this one. And if you think he did, you're watching CNN. And good luck with that. You don't know what's really happening. Put some links down here so you can find out what's really happening over there. But I want to go back to something I said just a little a few, a few moments ago. This is a, a long haul war. We got to be in it. We got to be engaged for a long time. You have to be content to be part of the remnant, which appears to be losing most of the time. That's the whole point of the biblical remnant. The whole world went on and did something else. They abandoned the faith. They abandoned God. They abandoned the church, whatever it is. And there's this little remnant that's left over. So we fight things like, again, like the World Economic Forum. But the lunatics of Davos, again, are just symptoms of the disease. Humanity is sick in the head right now, sick in the heart, sick in the soul. Since they abandoned God, since we abandoned God as a society. The big villain today is not this doofus Klaus Schwab. In my opinion, the bigger, much bigger villain today is Pope Francis. Because he refuses to call the world back to Jesus Christ. That's his job. He supposedly is the vicar of Christ on earth. But again, he's more worried about climate change than he is about the proclamation of the kingship of Christ. He never says a word about the kingship of Christ, in fact. So this is just where we stand, friends. Strategically speaking, every political and cultural battle that we fight today has as its end the end game, to buy time for people to figure out what's really going on here. And what's really going on here is a war against God. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) an aggressive, malicious war against God. Check out Vanity Fair's new cover. This cover appears now this week on three different European editions of Vanity Fair. It appears in Vanity Fair France, Vanity Fair Spain, and Vanity Fair Italy. The heart of Catholic Europe, in other words. Now, look at what they're mocking here. This is Madonna. I get it. She's a spent piece of used jet trash, still trying to redefine herself, right? But look what they're doing, and look why the fact that this is not an outrage, regardless of that it's Madonna. They are mocking Our Lady of Sorrows. Now, the way you can kind of figure that this is overtly Luciferian is that so few people in the world today even know what that devotion is. Our Lady Lady of Sorrows? But guess who knows all about that devotion? Guess who knows exactly what that means? The demons of hell know what it means. Met war against her for a long time. They're mocking this devotion of Our Lady of Sorrows. And if you turn a couple a page in this, this, this magazine, Vanity Fair, you see that there's Madonna then also mocking the Last Supper. Why are they doing this? 
This is, this, is, this is mockery that doesn't seem to make sense by the modern world standards. Nobody cares. Nobody knows what it is. And while all this is happening, Pope Francis says not one word about that. <laughs> He's worried about greenlighting gay unions and getting the Latin mass canceled worldwide. You don't think this is, this is demonic? And the thing is, if even the Pope and the bishops refuse to call humanity back to God, but instead they're crushing, as we talked about last time, crushing little believers going to Latin masses, big families trying to make it through this nightmare. They're crushing them, that's what they're trying to do. Just like <laughs> Governor Walls and the folks, the Democrats here in Minneapolis are trying to kill babies in the middle of the biggest you know, state of unrest in the city's history, right? Francis is doing the same thing. All the problems in the world, and he thinks we gotta get rid of the Latin mass folks. If that's what they're going to be doing, then it's up to us. We've got to become the voices crying in the wilderness. And who's we? Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? It's growing all the time. But for one thing's for sure, it's you, it's, it's, it's me, it's this guy, a Russian-born hockey player who's had enough. NFL hockey player Ivan Pravorov from the Philadelphia Flyers declined to wear a pride jersey. Well, why? Let's listen. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. It sounds reasonable enough, right? Well, the radical woke mob is up in arms. They're furious. This is not good enough. Hockey is for everyone. Dot dot dot. Unless unless you don't agree with gay rights, is not the phrasing of this. You're either in this or you're not. You see, just last time we talked about the NBA coach. You know, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, that's the only royal family I know. Went viral, right? This kid's little video's gone viral. His jersey is sold out nationwide. <laughs> How about that? As people really have had enough friends. So we have to believe in that. We have to believe that ultimately we're going to win this war. That these doddering, old, soulless fools like Bergoglio and Klaus Schwab, that they can be defeated. Again, we're not looking for a ghetto in which to hide from these guys. We're looking for a battlefield on which to defeat them in God's name. And we're not heroes. This is just the duty of our state and life, our duty before God, man, and history, to do the right thing at a time like this. I think we need to stop talking about our particular persecution, our particular moment, as though it's something so special. No one's ever had to live through anything like this before. Well, that's just because we're in the middle of it. Well, let, me, let me close. I'll, I'll talk about my own grandfather, Joseph Matt, who was made a knight of St. Gregory by Pope Pius XI. And do you know why he was made a knight? For getting up every day and going to war. And not, not against morons and extraterrestrials, against demons, against powerful, evil people, world-beating, evil, godless atheists. He was a champion of the Christian social reconstruction as the Nazi movement was rising in his beloved Germany because he was an immigrant. He'd come from Germany when he was a young man, 17 years old. So he was a champion of Christian social reconstruction because he understood what happens when you get rid of Christ. And he based that reconstruction on the papal encyclicals of the great popes, Twice he was singled out for his attacks on foreign governments, first by the Nazis in 1933, when his newspaper was officially banned from Germany, and then again in 1945, when Pravda, 
Moscow's official newspaper, demanded of the U.S. State Department that Joseph Matt, that the wanderer, be suppressed because of my grandfather's ceaseless warnings against the world menace of Soviet atheistic communism. He didn't just suddenly get up and say, oh my goodness, it's the end of the world, it's the apocalypse. All we can do is get under our beds and pray. Uh -uh. He got angry. His Catholic ire got up inside of him and motivated him to fight. He went to war. And you know what? He lived to see that mighty Third Reich, <laughs> to see it collapse. He was awarded, finally, the Distinguished Officer's Cross of the German Order of Merit from the Republic of West Germany for his refusal to back down in the face of goose-stepping Nazis. He saw them fall. After having living, lived through the whole world thinking that they were invincible, too demonic, too evil, nobody can do anything about it, he saw them fall. Oh, it seems dark right now, but it's been dark before. And Catholic men and women in the past, they found a way to fight through the darkness. They found a way to live to see the victory of the cross, and so must we. Ever since Christ died on the cross, there's been a war going on for the faith, for survival. And we're part of it. And we need to do our part. We gotta, we gotta build our own new arcs, if you will, like Noah. And then just keep scanning the horizon for signs of hope. And there are signs of hope, more signs of hope now than I ever saw 30, 40 years ago. We talk about them all the time. We try to bring another one of those signs of hope onto this show every week. No matter how small, how, how insignificant it might seem, it's a sign of hope. It's that little bird with the branch coming, <laughs> the dove coming back, showing that there is hope, there is land, the water is going to go down. This is going to end. So this week... The dove with the, with the branch in his mouth would be Charlie Kirk, of all people. No traditional Catholic. He's just a young Republican guy full of juice, right? Just getting started. He's an evangelical. But guess what? Charlie's looking at what we're looking at. He's saying, I'm seeing devils. And can Jesus Christ help us out of here? Here's Charlie Kirk. So, Father, just to kind of put a bow on that question... So how do the unclean spirits respond to the name of Jesus? Oh, they absolutely hate it. Um, they're weakened by it. It's, uh, it's, it's their kryptonite, so to speak, if we can speak that way. What is your final takeaway to an ever-increasingly secular world of what you have learned that you want to communicate to them? Is to give up the sin in your life, to accept Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, and start living following his commands. And in that, you will find your happiness both in this life and in the next. It's amazing. With the link below, you can watch that whole thing. All the, uh, all the smart kids, all the people who are awake are figuring this out. We're up against principalities and powers. And if we don't fight back in kind, we're going to lose. Well, we're not going to lose because we are going to fight back <laughs> with what the principalities and powers are terrified of. We cannot win without God. And we in this army of Christ the King, we need to meet the Charlie Kirks of the world halfway, even if we don't always agree on everything. Because people are broken. They haven't had guidance from the church. I'm sure some of you are going to come in and tell me what Charlie Kirk said wrong last week, and he did this wrong, he did that wrong. It's not the point. 
I'm not trying to endorse Charlie Kirk. I'm saying people are struggling, they're finding their way in the darkness, and that's a good thing. And we need to build an army of these people. And our strategy has to be the same. It's, it's simple. Just stand up to the demons in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up to them. Because you know what? It works. We already have proof that it works. We didn't back down over the past three years of hell on earth, did we? We didn't back down. The demonic science backed down. It got exposed. We didn't. We advanced. Davos today is a joke. The Vatican is in the hands of an unhinged globalist guy, an octogenarian who seems to have anger management issues. He's angry. He's obsessed. Everybody can see it. Right? We just got to hold our ground. Francis, they say, the rumor is Francis is coming after the Latin Mass big time now in April or May. This wretched Pope Nero to come and crush all those little kids going to Latin Mass, these little families, right? Well, you know what, Francis? We've been to the front. We've been to the wars for a while now. We're kind of done with your shtick. Bring it on. Our children, Francis, here's a promise. Our children will live to bury your memory. And in the end, the children of light will be praying for the repose of your soul at Latin Masses all over the world.